This is Across the Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. On March 5th, 2020, we gathered to worship for the first of our Lenten midweek worship services. This year's midweek series focuses on learning about and practicing spiritual disciplines designed to raise our awareness of God's presence and love. Pastor Aaron Stamper guided us through the practice of Lexio Divina, the sacred reading of Scripture. Seems a little strange to say this, but this evening we are going to practice reading Scripture. It's something worth practicing because it's something that's worth doing well. And it often isn't done well. Ineffective Scripture reading can have devastating consequences. It can leave us with a false impression of God, false impression of ourselves. It can cause a rift in our relationship with God. And as we all unfortunately know, it can turn the Bible into a weapon to be used against others. Scripture done well, however, Scripture read well, is the way that we know that God is good, that we are beloved, that our relationship with God is paramount in our world, and that the stories of Scripture are universal and can serve to bring us together, not drive us apart. I desire all of those things for you, for the world, for myself. So that's why I am grateful that you are here to practice reading Scripture together. I recall the first time that I realized that the Bible was more than just simply an old book with tiny print and hard-to-pronounce names. It was early in my eighth grade year of school. I'd recently moved to a small town and a new school. My family's home was being built at the time, so we were temporarily living in someone's basement along with a couple hundred crickets. I was feeling alone and sad. Very sad. Sadness like I had never experienced before. So I took refuge in my favorite things. I listened to music. I read comic books. I played video games. But even then, I remember feeling like those activities were nothing more than temporary alleviations that felt good at the time, but left me feeling every bit as sad as before I had interacted with them. So one day, I was home, alone. Well, not alone. I had the crickets. And it was dark, you know, basement. And I just started crying. That was all that was available to me. And for some reason, I went into my room and I picked up 
my Bible. And I opened the Bible to a random page, and I started to read. Now, it would probably make for a better story if I remembered what I read. I don't even remember what book in the Bible it was. All I remember is that I felt loved and that everything would be okay. Now, undoubtedly, that was an event that was a stepping stone that led me to where I am today. And while I'm grateful for that early positive experience of God through Scripture, I eventually lost sight of that experience. At some point, Scripture stopped being a conduit for a relationship with God. And instead, because I was so fascinated by it, it became an object for me to examine, like you would examine something under a microscope. Now, I don't regret my seminary education with its rigorous training in biblical languages and textual and historical criticism and insightful commentaries from brilliant theologians about what the Scriptures were actually saying. But by the time I graduated from seminary, I was far removed from experiencing God's presence and love through the Bible. It's just not the role that it was serving for me anymore. Now, I spend hours with Scripture when I'm writing sermons. And I've never preached a message that I didn't think was true or needed to be preached. But I'm not sure how many times I've walked away from wrestling with Scripture and writing these messages feeling like I had allowed what I read to change me in any meaningful way. Now, all that is starting to change for me, which is why I wanted to take the time this evening to invite you to practice reading Scripture. Lexio Divina, the approach to reading Scripture that I'm going to share, is tried, it's tested, it's true. It has deep historical roots. But that being said, I've known about Lexio Divina for a long time. I've practiced it on several occasions, but it has taken me this long for that knowledge to travel from my head to my heart. And that's just a bit of a disclaimer for you to keep in mind. I'm not suggesting that you're going to leave worship this evening with a radical new appreciation for Scripture or a deep desire to dwell in the Word. Although if you do, praise God. I simply want to open your eyes to perhaps a new way of reading Scripture, of being kissed by Christ, as Chris Webb says. So we'll practice it so that you know how to practice it. And after a while, I trust that God will use your practice to transform your heart. Now, as I explain the steps of Lexio Divina, please feel free to use the space in the bulletins to make any notes that you might find helpful. You'll find pens in front of you in the chairs. I hope that you'll take this bulletin home with you and that you will use it as you practice, at least through the season of Lent. 
I suggest going through this entire liturgy a couple times each week, perhaps when you wake up in the morning or before you go to sleep. After all, worship on Wednesdays and Sundays is not the main event. Rather, the main event is how you live your lives on a daily basis. So before we begin, and yes, we have not yet begun, let me pause to read another quote from the book Fire of the Word, from which our first reading was taken. He says, The Holy Scripture draws us into the living presence of the Creator, whose gaze sweeps across the breadth of an unimaginably vast cosmos without losing sight of us in all our humility and smallness. Okay. Lexio Divina. I challenge you to not think of this as a trick or a technique or a skill. Those all just sound a little too um, utilitarian, okay? This is simply a way to engage in Scripture. There are four different elements. You'll see them listed in your bulletin. There is lexio, which is reading. Meditatio, meditation. Oratio, which is prayer. And contemplatio, it's a hard one to get out, contemplation. Lexio, reading. This is much in the way of the kind of reading that you would do for fun. A reading, uh, perhaps a novel that you are engrossed in, that you can't put down. Okay? That's the type of reading. It's not like reading for homework assignment or reading a memo from your boss, whatever. This is a reading that engages all of your senses. When you're reading a good novel and the author has done his or her job well, you can start to see it all happen, see it all unfold in front of you, right? So this stage of reading, it's not just reading the words on a page, but it's bringing all of your senses and your imagination into the reading of Scripture. And that way, the Scripture becomes alive, and it speaks to us fully and presently. So when you read a story, and it mentions someone, imagine what that person looks like. There are instances where uh, perfume or fragrances are mentioned. Bring those smells to mind as you read that scripture. Think of the stories of the disciples on the boat. You can start to feel the sway of the boat as you are sitting alongside them. You can feel and taste the salty mist in the air. That's what it means to bring your imagination and your senses to the reading of Scripture. Now, not all of Scripture is written in a way that is an engaging story, right? There's a lot of letters to specific people, uh, genealogies, right? 
um, just do the best you can, right? In, in reading the letters, imagine that they're writing to you. Flesh out the scene. What, what happened before? What's going to happen next? These are the questions that you can use. You, you can trust your intuition when you're filling in the gaps in the stories that Scripture presents. You'll know if you're going a little too far or going astray in some ways. Your gut will tell you that. That's fine. Just go back and change a few of the details. Now, meditation, this second level of engaging Scripture, this is where we bring all of our reason and our intellect to bear. As Eugene Peterson says, meditation moves from looking at the words of the text to entering the world of the text, or in other words, chewing over the food that we've just taken in. This is where you can engage in a commentary about a particular passage that you might not feel like you understand very well. Do some research. See what other people have to say about that. And above all in this stage, this is where you are looking for Christ in the story. Even in the Old Testament accounts, you can still be on the lookout for the presence of Christ in those. Because as we all know, Christ is eternal. Same as God the Father, same as God the Spirit. There never was a time when God the Son was not. So you can look into the pages of the Old Testament, into those stories, to find him. And what is saying about him. You use your skills of cognition your faculties of memory and reason to understand the text as fully as possible in the light of the rest of Scripture, in the light of what you already know about Christ. Third, there is oratio, or prayer. As we meditate on Scripture and find ourselves being drawn nearer to Christ in the stories, we become painfully aware of our corrupted and sinful nature. It's a light that shines on us and reveals all the things we would rather stay hidden. Is at this point that our prayer is a longing and a begging for grace, for the renewal of our lives, the transformation of our hearts, so that we would not be alienated from the God formed us, loved us, and redeemed us. Also consider this quote from Eugene Peterson. He says, God creates the cosmos with words. He creates us with words. He calls to us, speaks to us, whispers to us using words, and then he gives us, his human creatures, the gift of language. We not only can hear and understand God as he speaks to us, but we can speak to God, respond, answer, converse, argue, question. That is prayer. And then there is the contemplative level. This level is most strictly concerned with your heart, with your soul. We've already read through the story a couple times. We know what's taking place. We have a sense of where Christ is in the story, where the good news is. 
We've studied it, reflected on it, pondered, considered. It's led us to an awareness of our fallenness, which in turn drives us to want to change. And in this final step of contemplation, we find ourselves in the very presence of God. And we experience a longing for nothing but to dwell there, just to be with God. Our whole person is joyfully absorbed into the life of God. This, of course, is how our reading of Scripture gets transformed into our daily lives, manifest in our daily lives, which is the whole reason why we read Scripture, to change into the people that God created us to be. So here's what we're going to do. I have selected a passage. I invite you to pull out the Bibles that are underneath the seat in front of you or underneath your own seat and turn to Genesis chapter 28. I'm going to read it to you the first time because if you uh, recall the first level of reading Scripture, you engage all your senses. So this way you can use your ears and your eyes. You can listen and follow along. You'll also notice in the bulletin that there are four questions printed. These coincide with the four levels in Lexio. So after we read it through the first time, you can turn your attention to that first question. What does this passage say? How would I summarize it? You see how that question is uh, very superficial, right? We start small. Again, feel free to jot notes down. And then after we read it through the first time, after you have addressed that first question, you can feel free to reread it a second time and answer the second question. A third time, answer the third. A fourth time, answer the fourth. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring, and your offspring shall be like dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. 
This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. At this point, I leave you to be kissed by Christ in your reading of Scripture.